What's up, Soapsuds? Welcome back to another episode of The Geek Soapbox. As always, I'm your host, Michael Lee Ponted, and I'm joined by my co-host... Leva Bates! Yeah! <laughs> Tonight on the program, we have a very special guest. Someone we've talked about having on since the show's inception, and we are super stoked to finally have him here with us tonight. Uh, if you've ever visited a Universal theme park or a Halloween Horror Nights event, you have most definitely seen his work. He is a certified geek, a horror aficionado, and frankly, one of the coolest and most creative people that I know. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Aiello. Hello. Yeah. Some, oh, there, there they are. There they are. What's up, gang? Oh, Mike, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing great on a Sunday evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good to have you. Thanks for coming. Oh my so. gosh, this is awesome. I'm so glad to be here, and uh, and I I'm excited about the uh, what we're talking about today. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Mike. For those of us, our listeners who might not be familiar with you, uh, what would the bio and stats on the back of your geek trading card say? Oh my gosh, uh, <laughs> I am. Um, I'm a fanboy that got a really cool job doing things that fans like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty, that pretty much sums it up. No, I, I, uh, I have been in the, the theme park creative realm for, uh, many, many years now creating all kinds of, of cool content for universal parks and resorts. Um, as you mentioned, my, one of my, my biggest things has been Horror Nights for the last decade or more yeah. uh helping to create that event with a really great team of people and uh create some harry potter content and some lagoon shows and was an actor for the parks for a couple of years prior to that and uh it's just been the most amazing a most amazing ride just again being a, a complete complete geek and theme park junkie that 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 was able to make that that dream to create content a reality so that's awesome that, that's what i do yeah man and it's a cool job to have Yes, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's kick things off like we always do. Leva, Mike, what have you been playing? What have you been reading? And what have you been watching? Okay. Um, I am playing, as we all know, Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I haven't made too, too much uh, of a... And I, I don't know. I don't know how far I am. I think I'm about to beat it, so I'm going to try to beat it tonight. So if you're you're hanging out here, come follow me my gaming stream we might beat it tonight uh maybe maybe not i don't really know how far i am so we'll find out i feel like i'm close I feel like <laughs> if, I'm if you feel really like you're close you're probably close because i felt like i was close on my last stream and i thought it was the penultimate episode it was not i finished it <laughs> <laughs> and so uh i got in the platinum that was the first time i've ever platinum the game so, so i heard that you don't have to have all the artifacts you to don't have platinum. to have all the artifacts which is great because yeah. I don't know if I'm ever gonna find all of those a holes. Uh, just use your <laughs> just use your traveler's thing and you'll find it. You'll find everything. I just I just uh, beefed up my traveler's gear all the way so I can find. Stuff oh, now. that makes it so much easier. You just yeah, throw it on so your little that, controller. So will, that hopefully it'll help. rumble away. Mike, what are you so, playing? Anything? I am. Uh, I'm actually watching. I've been. I've been slowly making my way through. Scream Factory's Friday the Thirteenth box set. Oh, I saw that. Oh my gosh, it's it's amazing. Um, it's every single Jason film collected, um, which there have been a couple sets in the past that have had it, but nothing um, with the amount of special features that that this box set has. And then the really cool thing is several of the films they uh, upgraded to 4K or 2K oh, awesome. film transfers, so really? they look. They look like they were made yesterday. It, you know, still, cool. still with film grain, still with some grain. Like it's not doesn't doesn't look like a you know, uh, uh, like a sheet of visqueen that, that's over the lens right, to right. Make, it, make it look better than it is. So it still still has some imperfections, but but just enough clarity where it feels like, um, it feels like how it was intended to be seen. You know, that's awesome. Um, wow. But there's a ton of special features. Like they, um, the really cool thing is uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Two, for decades. There have been um, rumors that there were lost scenes of that film, like like they had, because of the MPAA, they had cut a lot of the the major gore out of the film. Yeah, and it was lost forever and ever. But recently, uh, uh, Screen Factory located a VHS tape that had every single uh, of um, of the kill effects um, as they were originally filmed, 
and that's a special feature on the Friday 13th. That part is two, amazing. Uh, wow, that's yeah, really cool. It's really cool. That's super cool. So I recently took your advice, Mike, and I got that uh, Universal Classic Monsters collection oh, yes. that you tweeted about. Yes. Uh, it's so good. Yeah, There's, they look great. They look awesome. Uh, I've never seen a lot of them before. Uh, so we we put in Dracula the other night, and we were watching it. And you look at the runtime, and they're not long movies. No. But yet, I felt like when I was watching, I was like, this movie feels like it's it's long. And I don't know if it's the pacing or what it is about it, but it just it felt more grandiose and and like there was a lot more content to it than the runtime would have you believe yeah have you watched the spanish version i haven't i'm i'm super excited to do that okay do that because it's actually a better dracula movie and that's kind of heresy in some worlds (laughs) um but the interesting thing about the spanish language version is um, it's it's they didn't dub back then. They just shot an inc- completely new movie with a brand new cast that spoke Spanish. And the interesting thing about that version is the director would stay during the day and watch the shooting of the Lugosi version. Yeah, and then make changes in his brain on how he wanted to shoot the same scenes. So there's actually better camera work in the Spanish language version than there is. In the in the in the Bell Lugosi. That's so cool. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> you would like that would never happen now, but, but no, like no. it's it's. What? I mean, that's so cool. Ah, oh, I love classic wow. filmmaking. That stuff wow. is so My, what so I'm watching cool. Is nowhere as cool as that. I'm I finished uh, Umbrella Academy, like I said last week, and loved it. And the thing is, I haven't been able to start Boys because a friend of mine is letting me <clears throat> use his account. <clears throat> I don't have it yet. So. um I was like, well, I need a, like some filler. So I ended up watching, started watching High Score on Netflix. Oh, it's so like good. a video game documentary. Have you guys seen that yet? Yes. I, I okay. have not yet, no. Uh, it's really cool. Like the, the first episode alone was so cool. It just talks about like arcades and what basically became, like how gaming came about and then how arcades started booming and then how Atari and then actually wasn't the first at home system and then talked about atari a lot and then talked the crash about, like et the et the crash. game is awesome oh yeah the et game part of the story was so cool so yeah it's really like just that one episode like like i said it didn't seem like it was that long of an episode but good grief there was so much content in that yeah, it's it was a great, like, it's a great documentary yeah series. so it, it's real real cool so that's kind of where i'm at now i think i'm middle of episode two somewhere or so cool it's so, in, yeah it's in my queue i there's so much in my queue <laughs> i know oh, me too i i feel that hard i'm slowly getting through bly manor uh with with my wife yeah. uh the new haunting series on netflix which is which is good it's very That's different a series it, it's um it's the okay kind of the... i saw i saw it on like you know how they do uh the screen savers and i wasn't sure if that was a series or a movie so it's I a saw series that pop up recently yeah it's it's the basically the it's the sequel to haunting of hill house but it's 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 an anthology so it's a completely different story it uses some of the same actors from the from the hill house season um but they're taking kind of an american horror story route where they're they're kind of focusing on different ghost stories per season that's cool that's That's cool instead of focusing on you know one thing and dragging it out they're just let's move on to the next thing and tell a solid complete story yeah and it's mike flanagan too he's the he's the, the the showrunner and creator of it and that guy can just do no wrong right now. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I have been playing a little bit of Hades on my Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's kind of a roguelike dungeon crawler where you are the son of, uh, oh my God, what, what the, the, the Greek Zeus? god of the underworld. No, not Zeus. Oh, Hades? Is it Hades? Yeah, Hades. Hades is okay, the god of the underworld. Okay, it's, it's son of Hades. Okay. I thought Hades was the place, but that's just the underworld. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, you're the son of Hades, and you've got you're very resentful of your dad, and you keep trying to run away from home. So, yeah, I actually watched one of my friends uh, who who has a Twitch channel on here, Tadpog. I, I host him a lot. I actually hosted him, and he was playing Hades, and it looks really cool. Yeah, like it's super I think I'm gonna cool actually drop the money because it, it just it, it looks it, real real cool. It's a quick game loop where you keep trying, and like you'll you'll die, and you'll go back to the start. And you can like do some some upgrades, and you can get a little bit further, and you might die, and you'll go back to the start. So it's like this constantly evolving 
thing and the dungeon keeps rearranging itself so you're always adapting with what drops you get it's it's really fun so i highly yeah, highly fun. recommend it uh okay. what do you guys say let's move on to the news This week, kind of following up on a, a story we talked about last week, where reports were circulating that Jamie Foxx would be reprising his role as Electro from The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in the upcoming third and completely unrelated Tom Holland Spider-Man 3. This week, The Hollywood Reporter is kind of throwing more fuel onto that fire uh, and saying that Benedict Cumberbatch... Benedict Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange will be joining the picture, kind of filling this outing's mentor role for young Peter Parker. Uh, what do you guys think? Is a multiverse going to happen for real this time? <laughs> or are we getting Mysterio again? It sounds like it. I mean, I think everybody wants that to happen, as yeah. long as it's done right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like... Uh, you know, Marvel and Sony had their breakup, <laughs> and then, <laughs> then Marvel was like, "Oh, we're getting we're getting back together." Okay, well, we're gonna try to get all the Spider Men up in here, and I feel like there's some truth to these rumors that they're trying to get Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield suiting back up. Like, I feel like Marvel's gonna go hardcore because they made that relationship again. Yeah, you think they're gonna do something like the like a clone thing, like the whole Spider Clone thing? Maybe that's why we have like I Toby. Hope not. We have... Is it spider clones or multiverse? I don't know. I, I hope I, it's I multiverse. lean towards multiverse just because I think the the animated film did it so well and really kind of nicely opened that doorway to the general public that something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, was... that animated film is so good. It's, I'm, it's oh. amazing. Yeah, that's actually one of my favorite Spider Men. And I, I think it sets them up well. If for some reason they should have a breakup again, or you know they know they know where their contract is ending, so they they can kind of like, okay, Sony, you want to have all these these random Spider franchise films? Well, now we're going to kind of explain that away, why yeah. that's happening, and and I think it just puts a nice little bow on it. Uh, should should something like that happen? I'm also wondering if this is Marvel and Sony's response to all the Flashpoint Batman rumors. Oh, with, yeah. with DC going, oh, we're going to have Michael Keaton as Batman. We're going to have Ben Affleck as Batman. Okay, well, we're going to have Tony Maguire, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, too. How do you like them apples? <laughs> I think that's exactly it. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah? There's oh, yeah? no doubt that's what it is. <laughs> I also think, I think Marvel's in the position where they can actually go, okay, we'll wait and see how you do that. Because it hasn't really gone well. So right. Yeah, far. yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. We're going to see how you do it, and then we're going to do it better. Yeah. Competition. Friendly competition. <laughs> sure. Always, always some fun, friendly competition. Uh, and friendly. then also, following up on another story from a couple weeks ago, we talked about the recently announced Resident Evil Netflix original series that will follow the story of the Wesker sisters growing up in New Raccoon City and then catching up with them as adults later in life. This week, Constantine Films and writer-director Johan Roberts announced via Deadline casting for its upcoming and completely unrelated Resident Evil film reboot. Uh, this cast includes... I got some photos. Pull those up. Uh, Maze Runners, Kaya Scodelario as Claire Redfield. Um, oh, my God. I lost my pictures. Stand by. Hold for show. It's live, everybody. Isn't it exciting? <laughs> Vamp. Vamp. We're vamping. Uh, <laughs> then we've got uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp's Hannah John Kamen as Jill Valentine. Next couple Ro of years. Uh, Arrow versus Robbie Amell as Chris Redfield. <laughs> Umbrella Academy's Tom uh, Hopper. Hopper as Albert Wesker. That's interesting to me. That is so interesting to me because yeah. I just watched it. Umbrella Academy. So I'm interested. Ah, okay. Continue talking. <laughs> Zombieland, Double Taps, Avon, I don't know how to say his last name, Joja as Leon as Kennedy. And once again, going back to the Arrowverse, uh, <gasps> Neil McDonough as William Birkin. Ooh. 
yeah, I think that's a cool, cool little bit of casting there. He's so good. Uh, Roberts went on to say, quote, with this movie, I really wanted to go back to the original first two games and recreate the terrifying, visceral experience I had when I first played them, whilst at the same time telling a grounded human story about a small, dying American town that feels both relatable and relevant to today's audiences. That, that's a quite a statement. That is quite the statement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you guys Resident Evil fans? Yeah. yeah I haven't played them as much as like a lot of my friends have, but I know of them. A lot of times I watch them play. And my, especially in like, like college and like my younger years, I would sit and watch. So yeah, I'm pretty pretty quite familiar with them. Yeah, I, I, I dig them. I, I love the games. I played the, the first three games, and then I played, I think, the, the last one. Was, is that seven or six? Seven. I can't remember. Yeah. Seven, seven was the, the one, one the that's like all first person. Yes, yeah. I, I never beat it. I got stuck. I played that in VR, and that was terrifying. Oh, 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 no, no. I played it not in VR, and it was terrifying. <laughs> so I can't even imagine. You, play, you played it in VR? Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm yeah, that, interested to see how that is. Yeah, that entire game you can play using the uh, the VR headset for PlayStation. Yeah. Ooh, that makes it my was, skin uh, crawl. <laughs> I don't know. It was wild. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I didn't do so hot normal. I can't imagine Mm-mm. being immersed. No, yeah, that no one's thinking. my my son's favorite Resident Evil game. That last one. Yeah, really. I mean, he's playing. I stuck, I'm stuck Evil. in the chainsaw fight, and then I took a break because I got so mad, and then I came back and forgot how to play. <laughs> now I'm stuck in the fight. Caden just got the HD, the new HD remaster of Resident Evil Two. He's yeah. playing that on on Steam, I think. Cool. Oh, okay, yeah, I haven't played. Cool. I haven't played either of those uh, new updated versions of two or three, uh, but I, I, you know, I really I love that series. Um, I mean, I even enjoyed the film series for what I it like was. Movies. Yeah, I'm a big yeah, fan of the movies. It, so. Yeah, it did its own thing, um, which I mean kept you guessing because then you didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Uh, but you know, I'm also excited to see a more games accurate take. Uh, on it you know hopefully go back to the the original mansion and get a little bit more of that exploration and atmospheric part of it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I think I that be... it's gonna be gonna be interesting i, I hope it uh hope it does well yeah me too uh, i'm really really psyched for the cast the casting is really cool yeah the casting looks great i mean that those yeah. are a bunch of strong actors so i think they'll really bring something to to these characters um and you know maybe tip them on their head a little bit and give us a little something different than, than what we're used to. Uh, that's it. Let's, let's move on to our topic of the week. This week, we are going to talk about the uh, seasonal classic film, Halloween 3. Now, this bad boy was released on October 22nd, 1982, written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, produced by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Uh, I'll read you a little synopsis. Hospital emergency room doctor Daniel Dan Chalice and Ellie Grimbridge, Grimbridge, the daughter of a murder victim, uncover a terrible plot by small-town mask maker Connell Cochran, a madman who's planning a Halloween mass murder utilizing an ancient Celtic ritual. The ritual involves a boulder stolen from Stonehenge, the use of silver shamrock masks, and a triggering device contained in a television commercial, all designed to kill millions of children. It's actually the synopsis. It gave away everything. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, uh, literally gave what? away everything. They're like, it's it's an old movie. We're just gonna tell you everything. That'll get you hooked. <laughs> that right? that literally just yeah. There you go. Save yourself an hour and a half. <laughs> no, Leva. Absolutely not. Uh, so imagine, imagine yes. being, so it's 1982. Okay. And you have a ticket for Halloween 3. Yes. And you have watched Halloween. Mm-hmm. And you have watched Halloween 2. And now you cannot wait. You're like, Season of the Witch. That's a, that's a weird subtitle, but okay. And you walk in. You haven't seen a trailer. You didn't have IMDb back then. And you walk in, you sit down, and the title sequence starts, and oh, there, there's the pumpkin. It's all digitized. Okay, that, yeah. that's cool. And then this entirely different story <laughs> plays out. <laughs> and and Halloween is actually on the TV in the movie. And you're going, right. what, 
what what's happening? That hardcore Michael Myers fan, and 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 how disappointed you must have been going. This is not Halloween. No, this is absolutely not what I signed up for. <laughs> because now, like now, knowing that you know John Carpenter and Deborah Hill were thinking of this as it could be an anthology, Halloween could be an anthology series. And I feel like nowadays we're so used to that. We've got American Horror Story. You know, you've got The Haunting of, of Hill House and that series. These, this idea that we don't always have to just keep doing the same story. Yeah. So nowadays well, it makes sense 82. to us. But, but in 82, I can imagine that was a huge swerve. Yeah. Yeah. There's no internet. There's no like casting or like, here you go. This is going to be an anthology. It's more of, oh, well. Halloween three, that must be Michael Myers. Surprise. It's yeah, not. It, yeah. It's wild. I, but the interesting thing about about the, the the behind the scenes of that is, you know, Carpenter and, and Deborah Hill, they were adamant that they would not sign on to do any more Halloween movies, even though like uh Dino De Laurentiis was the producer and he's then and Halloween two was like super successful. You know, they he said they said we're not going to do another Michael Myers movie we're, they, because they weren't really that into Halloween too. Um, they 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 did it, wow. but it wasn't the best experience for them. And they said, well, we will do another Halloween movie if you choose to make this an anthology, and that we can do something based around the holiday, but but and then do a series of films based around that, and maybe they spin off into franchises. But that we're done with Michael Myers. That was like their mantra. That's awesome. Like I, I love the idea that they were standing their ground and they want they were gonna push it in another direction, whether that's you know kind of what the studio or or anyone wanted to do. Yep. It's yeah. it, it's brave. That's very brave. <laughs> yeah. And so they, they went they went full full tilt and um uh, they got um uh Joe Dante was originally supposed to direct Halloween three. Uh okay. at, at the time he had done Howling. But he would go on to do Gremlins and yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so he was supposed to direct, and um, the writer, um, his name is uh, Nigel Neal. Uh, he did the initial first draft, and they didn't get along. Joe Dante and 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 Neal did not get along. So um, Dante was offered Twilight Zone from Spielberg, and oh. left that pre-production to go actually do Twilight wow. Zone. <laughs> Classic so then they got in Tommy Lee Wallace, who ended up being he was an art he was a um, art director for the original Halloween. So they got him on to actually write, and then he and Carpenter did a couple rewrites to the script, and and then you get this crazy film <laughs> about crazy. about this 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 uh, this uh, mega maniacal man who wants to bring tradition back to Halloween, and, yeah. and in doing so, he's going to kill millions of kids on Halloween night. In order to bring tradition to Halloween back. Oh my god, it's so off the wall. It's nuts. I with, but it's with uh, robots. Yeah, so <laughs> this was this, this is the first time that I watched this movie. And even reading this description, I did not know what I was in for. <laughs> like No, like, the movie's okay. crazy. It is yeah, it's it is a little bananas. Um I would love to see it remade. Oh, like modern day hot, hot like. take. Okay, I mean, you know, here's the thing: the 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 theme of the film is still very very apparent today because it's all about capitalism. It's all right. about yes. um It's all about the taking something that should be innocent, something that should be loved by everyone, and trying to monetize it. And yeah. and those themes are so prevalent today. So it could actually there could be something there. Right. Um. I. Uh, but just the, I, I can't even describe the first time I saw this movie. <laughs> And when poor, poor, um, uh, uh, is it Buddy Jr.? Yes. Poor Buddy Jr. Buddy Jr. Puts on that mask and the little chip with a little piece of Stonehenge. Because let's not forget, there's a whole paranormal aspect of this where they have, they've stolen Stonehenge. How? They are, they are taking off of it. They are, they are grinding them down and placing tiny bits of Stonehenge into microchips that somehow, some way, are, are, are affected by a certain frequency they're able to give to it through a commercial that melt a kid's head and force insects and snakes to come out of it. I feel like this is a really bad Doctor Who episode. <laughs> so it's, 
it was this bananas. Like, the, what's that? What was her? The poor lady's name. I've got to hear something. Marge. Poor Marge. Oh, poor Marge. She, she gets lasered in the face. She just wanted her money back. She just she wanted to get she wanted to get the the shipment to be correct. These are defective masks. I just want masks that work. Wait, masks that how work. Did, how are they defective? How are you defective? Are they the um, are they unable the, to put on a kid's head? They're just no, rubber the, masks. The medallion kept falling oh. off of the masks. Oh, oh see, well, she see she had a safe bag. Little did she know that. Little did she know she had the good ones. And in her in her bedazzled her bedazzled <laughs> nightgown. Yes. <laughs> Notice that I have to go back oh. and see that. Oh no, it's like totally bedazzled. The entire nightgown is gorgeous. And she was about to go to sleep, and she looks over and sees that that microchip on the ground. If she had just left it alone, yeah, her face would be intact and free of insects. <laughs> oh my I, goodness, man. that that makeup was fun though. It was like, like, dude, I did not see that coming at all. Just just the, the sudden and it, the laser was literally a lightsaber laser too. It was great. Just I'm pretty right, sure it was uh, like Obi-Wan's lightsaber that lasered her in the face. It caught me so off guard. <laughs> like, Your reaction was great. No, I didn't expect a laser to come out and just blast her in the face. It was crazy. There's so many in things in this movie. I'm like, what? Yeah. Huh? Right. I, Again, first and foremost was the Dan and Ellie. That that hookup was the quickest hookup oh, I've seen in any oh. movie ever. Like, oh, I'm here was... to look for my father. Let me help you. Where do you want to sleep? <laughs> what? Oh, no, it's the, and it's um, not even nighttime. He's like, like, no, she's like, yeah. Where where do you where do you want to sleep? Um, where do you where would you like to sleep? He goes, that's a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> I want to live in a world. Again, where Tom Atkins is a leading man. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what Leva was saying the whole like, time we were watching is he it. Attractive? Is he attractive? Because I know I have very distinct taste, but is he actually considered like a heartthrob? Well, at, like, I, well, at the time, man, he was doing Fog and um, uh, um, Night of the Creeps. I mean, he was like the go-to 80s, 80s star. Um, for, for, for very particular films, well, and that too, I guess, because you know that was, you know, that we was got the Magna thing. Piazza yeah, yeah, we got Burt Reynolds, we got Tom Selleck, so maybe he was just in that that vein. But I'm like, I googled heartthrobs in 1982. I couldn't find anything exactly in 1982, but like, I get Patrick Swayze, I get like Ralph Macchio, I get like Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen. I think that's a little bit later 80s, but. I'm like, those I get. Love you, Tom, but no. <laughs> <laughs> not leave us thing. No. Maybe maybe I'm just not into that quintessential 80s dad bod type. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. And then she's like, I'm pretty sure like he was almost old enough to be her really oh, creepy there uncle. Was, there was that little creepy bit. <laughs> How old are you? <laughs> Oh my god, when he said that after they had hooked up. Wait, how old are you? Now I'm like, you never asked that after. <laughs> you either ask it before or you just don't ask it. Well, and they and there it's rumored that that was one of the first scenes those two actors ever did on camera together for this sh- for this production. Oh, that, how awkward. That, yeah, that love scene. Is that why it was so awkward? Probably. <laughs> well, it's and it's also 80s, so it's yeah. just awkward. And what, what do you mean, Leva? You didn't like his his pock riddled back uh, that came into frame as oh he was getting on top of him. <laughs> but I it's Tom breathe. Atkins. He's the man. Tom Atkins is the man. Dude, he was great. He was I I thought he was great in this film. Um so uh, since we're talking about the characters, <laughs> how would you ra- overall rate the characters in this film? Give it a let's say a 1 to 5 pumpkins. Oh my god. Um wait, what was his ex-wife's name? Linda. Linda. Linda, Linda gets negative 5 pumpkins. She's like the quintessential like ex B. Like like there is no there is no factors to be like, "Oh man, I can see why they were married." Or she seems like she's a good mom. Like she just was out the gate just nasty. Yeah. And, yeah, um, snatchy. And it was uh, uh, Nancy Keys who played Annie in the original Halloween. 
<laughs> she was really? snatchy out the door, yeah. man. Oh, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Yeah, That's she's awesome. the one that got uh that got strangled in the car. <sighs> There's so many little things in this film. I, I'm telling you, it's underrated. I feel like I, it's got to be underrated. Well, I love Halloween 3. I I'm glad I I I was exposed to it well after being I was not obviously not one of the people that would have been disappointed because they thought it was a Halloween movie. Right. When, <laughs> I, when I first saw it, I knew that it was not. So I think it's a really great sci-fi horror movie. I think it was burdened with the with the, uh, the title. unfortunate title of yeah. Halloween. Yeah. I can, Could I can they call it like Halloween anthology? And you think people might have got that better? Or is that still too soon? Like, were they not doing anthologies before then? They well, I mean, they were uh, on TV. There was a lot of anthologies, like Twilight That's Zone, true, and yeah. Tales from the Dark Side, and but uh, but honestly, they were just banking on the fact that it was part of the Halloween franchise. That that was oh, what was see you know. that totally played against them. Yeah, as far as characters, uh, you know, uh, uh, he said one to five. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give I'll give the I mean. For the scene chewing that is, um, you know, uh, Cochran uh, near the end of the film, uh, I'll, I'll give it a, a solid three for character. Yeah, I, I would agree <laughs> I, with you. Know, actually, his scene where he actually tells us why he does it is probably my favorite acting in the whole movie. Yeah, when he finally Legit. gets the monologue. Yeah, it, it was. I mean, it was really good. Like yeah, I believe everything he said. He's talking about the, the, when, 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 the, when, the, when the hills ran red with the blood of animals and children. Mm. That's what yes. we're getting back. Yeah, yeah. It's so, like, he just he just hangs on every word. And you're just yes. like, yeah, that yeah, actually, tell me, I love, tell me more of your dirty plan. I thought that was really well done. <laughs> like, I forgot how cheesy acting was in the early 80s and 70s. I'm like, oof, oof. See, <laughs> and, and it wasn't I, just them. It's just that, that time period. You yeah. Know? yeah. And for you know me, I mean? like, oh, yeah, I love that stuff. So stuff. going into this, I was like, I'm pretty sure I know exactly the kind of movie I'm going to get. And, and so I was like, yeah, this is this is like the candy that I want to be eating. This movie is just, <laughs> yes, yes, please. A good 80s random Halloween movie. Yeah. Um, okay. One to five pumpkins. What do you think about the special effects? At um, times four, at times one. <laughs> okay. At times, so maybe three. I don't know. Because there's um, some things that were really cool, and some things were just not. Yeah. For me, I'm gonna give go just ahead. because it's just because it's '80s and it was the era of practical, and I I think it has one of the one of the most. Uh, my fa- you know, because there's obviously there's the there's the mask scene, you know, and that 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 like takes it over the top. But oh. actually, I, the kill that made me cringe the most was the the second kill in the movie, which was um uh was a uh, is it Gr- Greenbridge when he's laying in the bed. Oh the yeah, yeah, the eyeballs. And he puts and then he then he cracks his skull like oh, cracks the, yeah, the yeah, bone yeah. around his nose. Oh yeah, yeah. that was real like. That got That's me cringy. A bit. Very, yeah. very cringy. That and I mean, that made up for the really slow car <laughs> creeping up and squishing the robot. Yeah, which yeah, we yeah. didn't know was a robot at the time. Like that kill was the I'm like, seriously? Like that was the slowest rolling. Listen, the car. robot was in the zone. <laughs> the robot had its programming. And so it was not gonna get out of the way. It was gonna hold him down until something bad happened. And yeah, now, now that we, in retrospect, that makes sense. Yeah. But when you're first watching the movie, you're like, huh? <laughs> and apparently all the androids are full of orange Julius. That's what I was like. They're full of orange <laughs> juice. <laughs> These robots are powered by OJ. Yes, yes, as they should be. Yeah, I mean, vitamin C. Even little music box androids need vitamin C. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give the effects a three. I, again, I'll maintain a, a there's, it's a fair to midland job. I mean, yeah, does. the practical effects were great. The fact that there were real bugs and real snakes. I, that was... I hate snakes, and I did not like that scene. <laughs> I oh, wish somebody yeah, yeah. had warned me about that because I was squirming in my chair the you whole time. I, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. And because of that, I loved it. <laughs> so uh, I, I would give it mm, three and a half. 
three and a half pumpkins. Just chop All one right. of those pumpkins in half. Scare level. So we're all at the three here. Solid yeah, three. Three zone. Three zone for the special effects. What do you think about I, the scare level, I enjoyed level, the Eva? 80s. Well, obviously, because it was made in the 80s. But I enjoyed, like, their their high-tech station with all, like, the little square TVs and the old school mm. computer with, like, the, the buttons apparently Daniel know, knew how to use. Yeah, he reprogrammed that thing. He didn't start going when he wanted it to go. <laughs> By just hitting the keyboard like this. Wildly. <laughs> Shot in the dark. But that, I love it. that stuff. Like that that super was like, oh man, that's that's eighties to me. All that, that cheesy stuff. You know what actually creeped me out were all the little knickknacks that Cochran had in his like practical joke room. Those mm-hmm. were actually creepier than a lot of other things in the movie for me. I don't know why, but like maybe maybe it stems from my my fear of like porcelain dolls and those type of things. Okay. So, so maybe that's where it is. Cause it's like, it's like when you go into like an older relative's house and they have these knickknacks and it's just kind of slightly dusty and you're just like. My apologies to all the older relatives listening to this show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys. <laughs> uh, so, not. so Leva, would you say this film was scary? Well, Scary was the right word. Very interesting. Very intriguing. Very, it did make me lean in and look going, what is going on? What is happening? Oh, like we did a lot of, ooh, with like you know, laser face and snakes <laughs> out of the mouth and, you know, those type of deaths. So like ripping off heads. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the ripping off heads. But there's, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll get when we talk about like the finish the ending okay. and stuff. There's a lot of questions I have. <laughs> okay uh I have a Mike, lot of where do you think this ranks on your on your scare level or the scares in this for film? me scare wise i i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a one and a half on scares for me yeah it's more interesting yeah. than scary yeah this this again the, the the gore scenes kind of feel like they were at the time they knew that was what was driving a lot of the a lot of the films the horror films at that time right. they needed to be gory they needed to have kills but i think this film would work absolutely without them as well mm. um as, as just a really interesting kind of sci-fi, you know, thriller okay. ki- kind of kind of deal. So it, it's not the scariest movie I've ever seen. And I remember at the time I wasn't I wasn't there wasn't yeah. a lot of jump for me. However, the the the, the mask scene is is revolting and terrifying. Hate like, it. Got Hate sort it. Of phobia for insects and snakes like that. That's going to put you right over the edge. Yep. So I think for for a portion of the audience, that scene would have completely, you know, this guy uh, dominated. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I don't know why there is a slight fear. Like when, I don't know, maybe it's a cosplayer in me, but like putting on something and then that being like, like, I don't know if you ever saw the episode of Highlander where he gives her the dress and she puts on the dress and it has like the acid on it. She starts getting burned and stuff. I don't know. The, oh, wow. Something about putting on a piece of costuming and then it affects you neg- negatively. kind of wicks me out. So putting on a mask and having it have that, that happened to you like that that does like wig me out i don't know if it's really scary but the same thing like with that highlander episode where it's like she puts on the dress and she starts freaking out like it's burning me it's burning me you know like i don't know maybe that's just because i wear a lot of different costumes in my life and different and different <laughs> don't want it to go bad aspects of my life as well like not just universal not just wrestling not just you know cons and stuff so i don't know that that did wake me up by yeah. the fact that it's just something like a normal mask and um, imagine that pile of costumes you have in your spare room turn on you oh my god <laughs> <laughs> shredding that door tonight <laughs> <laughs> lock it lock it tight uh for me i it, i agree it was not the scariest of films um but the mask scene and also I the first the first scare right after the car drives away and then sort of comes back there was the very first jump scare and I screamed. <laughs> so <laughs> like you know you thought you thought he was going to get away uh Grimbridge and he turned around and there was the android and I was like oh shit and I just I, I didn't expect that. So I'll give it one and a half because there are definite things that got me good. Got me real yeah. good. 
Yeah, like I said, I think the film has scary themes. I don't think it's the scariest movie. Agreed. Exactly. Agreed. What yeah. it's about is definitely terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to a little thing I like to call trick and treat. What was your least favorite, the trick of the movie? And what was your favorite part of the film, the treat of the movie? I, well, my, my favorite part of the movie, my favorite part of the movie is the demonstration scene, just because I think that everything was building towards trying to figure out what is the, what do these things actually do? And yeah, then, and then once the you find out it's, it's all over. So that's probably my favorite scene. Um, my least favorite scene. I don't, I don't know if I have a least favorite. I think, um, you know what? I honestly, I, I remember when I watched it the first time, the only thing that would, that felt odd to me were the androids. And I so said, I think I've always carried that with me. Just yeah. the, the fact that, but then when I think about it, he's like the Willy Wonka of Halloween. So he, you know, him making these things I end up making sense. But I remember seeing it for the first time and being confused by the androids. Like it felt like a, an additional layer that the movie didn't need, you know? Right. Yeah. Leva thoughts. Well, I'll go back to say his monologue where he explains why he's doing that. That's mm. probably my favorite part. I really just enjoyed that monologue a lot. Watch out my next audition. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, least favorite part. There's, I don't. Go ahead. Go for there's it. There's a few things I'm just like, come on. Let it like, out, Leva. Like Let the it out. Car crashing into the android at literally negative one mile an hour, and he just died. They didn't say they were resilient androids. Yeah, I mean, Tom Atkins like, puts his small hand things a like that. Yeah. Like, like. They're I don't know. I, again, I have a lot juice. of questions, but I'm going to get into these questions after we rank it. So, okay. I'm going to say, yeah, the the first, and now that we know he's an android, it makes a little bit more sense, but we didn't know he was an android. We just thought he was some creepy dude in a suit. Could have been like mafia related or something. So, that was a little like it took me out for a second. I was like, all right, that's the weakest death scene I've ever seen in my life. So, <laughs> that is my, my trick. Uh, for me, I. I have to agree the the best part of that movie was the mask scene like by far it, that stole the show. Um the trick for me was kind of the anticlimactic defeat of the android army. Yeah. Like it it was building and I don't know like I it could just be the special effects of the time were not, you know, they couldn't have lasers shooting everywhere and you know blowing holes in a bunch of androids. Um so that kind of uh kind of felt like it didn't build to where he wanted it to but then i feel like they sort of brought it back when they're driving away in the car and they give you that last twist of oh my god ellie's an android so you <laughs> what you thought was the peak was not actually the peak and they gave you one more little thing there and pushed it all the way to the end of the movie uh so i guess i guess that was a trick and a treat <laughs> was the end of the movie now okay so now we're talking about this okay you go ahead open that can, can of worms was she an android the whole time or did they make her an android so did he make it with an android because she actually had emotions but she wasn't as emotional as i thought you your father just passed away and she wasn't as she's like i've been investigating but it was not like oh i'm gonna you know what i mean like oh well shit dad died that sucks you know i, I don't know like are, I, are we supposed to believe she was an android the entire time or I, did that just I, get i always took it as that they they turned her into an android or uh but there are there were there are some theories that she was sent in to actually kill her father oh that, that was free as well that, that the reason why she's at the hospital to begin with um uh that she was supposed to she was a one of the one of the options to actually get in there and actually expire him prior to the other Android doing it. That, that was a theory online for a while, but I, I think they turned her into one. But all right. I like that theory. They turned her into one. That makes more sense. So why like she was investigating and actually like running towards the car and stuff, but in, in actuality, it's only like two to three hours at the most they had her. So how in the hell can they take out all of her bones and replace it with, tang and electronics <laughs> like uh, 
That's magic. that's the thing is like Stonehenge magic. Stone oh Stonehenge magic. That is okay. Okay. That that actually clears it up. So See, so he I did wondered, not make it with a robot. He actually made it with a human. The human got turned into an android. I wondered if she was, you know, not related at all. It was just one of the, uh, he had a female android waiting for something. And he, you know, the doctor had seen too much. So they sent her into town to just lure him away and get rid of him. Yeah, but she had to identify the body. I mean, can they fake that in 82? Like, um, I mean, daughter? They, well, they knew who they knew who he was, and they, they, the androids were obviously chasing him. So, who's to say he actually had a daughter? What if she was faked the whole time, faking McFake Town? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is never. She doesn't even have a daughter. She's playing everybody. It's a long con, people. <laughs> uh, so, do you have any other final thoughts on the film, Leva? I know you had some more questions. Oh, me? Okay, yes, you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm talking about him. Um, all right. So did uh, there's a lot of things. I remember going, what? But how did you know there? And what about this? And uh, <laughs> how no, did they get I Stonehenge just, across the ocean? No, yeah. How did they get into the country? Stonehenge from from the UK to NoCal is what I like to call it. North California. All, all, all he said is that they had a. It was. It was quite the quite the time getting it here. <laughs> I like to believe the androids carried it but across that's like under. So many tons. No, they carried it along the, the bottom of the ocean, Pirates of the Caribbean back? style. What? <laughs> the androids carried the piece of Stonehenge across the bottom of the ocean, like the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> around the continent and up the other side. <laughs> They, they, they put shortcut too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right through Central America. Yeah, so there's that. It's like, come on, how in the hell? And then magic. I know, yeah, it's, it's like, which, 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 um, which non-plausible plot detail are you going to question? Because there's a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, there is, and that's I think that's it. That's it. And then, where are you going to suspend your disbelief? So, I mean, I know it is a little bit. It was kind of left on that like slight cliffhanger. Like, oh, I love that too. Like the fact that is like, did did it? Everyone just die? <laughs> and in the in the novelization, uh, it actually says the last paragraph of the novelization is that, and you heard the screams of children. For miles. Oh, nice. they didn't make I, see, it. See, that has a very like Twilight Zone feel mm-hmm. to it. Uh, yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's a great. Yeah, this this is like a a gorier a gorier Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Okay, so the ending didn't bother me as much as like all of my other questions. Like, how did you get Stonehenge? And was she a robot? And how did Daniel know exactly what buttons to hit? Since it's not like a real computer. It's just a typewriter that he was able to hit dot, 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 <laughs> dot, to reprogram everything. Well, you know, every every single computer um, in, a, in an 80s movie has a button that says self-destruct. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's usually red. <laughs> so uh, the other interesting thing about when you mentioned the ending, um, so Tommy Lee Wallace is actually a massive fan of, of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which is the exact same ending. Um, as far oh. as the the main character looking at the screen, um, crying for help, um, and even the name of the town is the exact same name of the town in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. No way! No way. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Like, wow, that's super super okay. awesome. That's cool. Fun little Easter eggs, just like my thing is. Okay, I get it that he's trying to get them to to. Got to turn it off. Got to turn it off. Got to turn it off. But you have three kids right in front of you. That's about to, their heads about to explode with bugs and snakes. Why don't you turn the TV off right in front of them so you don't get attacked? Boom. And they keep yelling at the guy. Maybe, hopefully, it works. Because right phone, now, like, he's just letting those three kids die. The phone cord wouldn't reach that far. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't know the ride I was in for, and I enjoyed every single second of it. The good, the bad, the crazy. I want to watch it again. It, it yeah. was a fun time. I'm not going to say it was a good film, but it was a fun time. <laughs> and isn't that all that matters? Yeah. That, sure. That, that's a fair assessment, Lee. That's absolutely fair. It, it, 
it, it, it's fun. Um, I again, I, I I really like the film. Again, in, in if I hadn't watched it for this, it is one of the movies that I always watch on Halloween night in my in my stack of horror films. Once the kids are done trick or treating, or or the, the kids are done coming to the house. Um, I have a stack of movies that I watch every single year, the same ones. And this is always on that list. So I've done it a little early this year. So that's awesome. Yeah. I definitely feel like this is one that I am going to now come back to, you know, every oh. year. Yeah. Maybe what, a couple times. I'm going to make movies? Kelly watch it. <laughs> oh my God. I, I would love to see Kelly's reaction. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so you say this is one of your several films, but, uh, what other films do you watch on Halloween? Uh, I, I always watch Halloween, the original Halloween, on Halloween night. Okay. Uh, trick or Treat is on that list for Halloween. I think a trick or treat oh, would that's be a good, good one. one. That's always a good one. Uh, the original Night of the Living Dead is always on that list. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, usually those those are the constants, and then I'll usually add two because I, I I try and stay up till like three or four in the morning on Halloween night. I just love that's just it just that's feels cool. like a night where you stay up. Um, yeah. So I'll watch those and then I'll add two movies to the list that are, are, are more current that I haven't seen yet. That's Ooh. awesome. That's Is there anything cool. that you're, you're thinking about so far? Or are you going to wait closer to the time to make that decision? I, I'm gonna, I usually wait. I usually wait to like either the day of um, or even the night of and I'll, I'll do a quick skim. Like last year, I just um, I played kind of shutter roulette. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> close my eyes and, and go through one of the you know, one of the, the, the tabs on shutter and just click it and whatever it is, I'll watch it. That's awesome. <laughs> I like that. Okay. That's super cool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have a little extra time, so I, I want to ask this question because I, I know that you're both, uh, you know, horror, horror people. Um, what's the one thing or film that got you hooked on horror movies? Uh, I, I, I can answer that. Uh, Halloween. Oh, uh, well, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Frankenstein, the original, the original, uh, Frankenstein. Um, I, I remember watching that as a kid, really young in my room. I had a small little black and white TV that my mom had gotten at a garage sale, uh, cause I really wanted a TV in my room and they're not going to pay for a color television for me at that age. So at a, at a garage sale, this tiny, tiny black and white television that had, you know, rabbit ears and t- tin foil on the, on the edges. And, um, I got like three channels and, um, one evening there was really late. There was a, a creature feature for Frankenstein and, and it was airing and I remember watching it in my bedroom and the, the memory I have watching it, um, during the, during the, the reanimation sequence when he's getting raised in the air and the lightning flashing, I, all I remember, I mean, I remember a lot about it, but the vivid memory is looking around my room as the TV strobed and seeing all the shadows that were cast. Cause I used to have star Wars ships hanging from my ceiling. So all of these shadows were getting cast all over my room oh my during gosh, that so sequence cool. whenever the lightning struck. And I was terrified. And that that hooked me, man. Like that was like the the thing. And then um, and then from there, you know, my parents were really cool growing up. You know, the video store was only a couple blocks away, so I'd walk there and yeah. rent pretty much anything that again, I didn't I didn't go too hardcore at a young age, but Halloween and I saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre way too young, but but, <laughs> <laughs> oops, but it, I turned out okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Frankenstein, the the original Universal classic monster, Frankenstein, that 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 did it for me at a at I think age five or six. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I have like a trilogy of, and they're not even a trilogy together, but three films that that are in the the horror genre ish. Uh, that really shaped me and kind of pushed me in that direction. Uh, first and foremost is probably Poltergeist. I was, when I was younger, I don't know if you can tell, you can't because I just did my hair. I am naturally blonde. I look just like the girl from Poltergeist. Like, <laughs> long, straight, blonde hair. Like, mom had this picture and it looks like a nice version of Poltergeist instead of like the girl being in front of the TV. She was like in front of her bed praying. So mom, my mom was terrified in the movie. I was not allowed to watch that at all. Again, I was like probably again, way too young to see it, but my mom's also a single mom that worked all the time. So HBO, we had HBO and it was on. (laughs) And 
I remember watching it and it was just, I didn't understand what was going on. I was so young. I just knew that girl was me apparently. And that just kind of really connected connected with me. Cause again, I didn't know exactly what I was watching, but it looked really cool and scary, but I wasn't necessarily scared. I was just enthralled with it. Then flash forward to Lost Boys. For some reason, Lost Boys just clicked with me. Maybe it was because it was a bunch of hot vampires and which has, has, set me on my path for the rest of my life with that type of like, oh, you have a couple different types. And so just like Keith Sutherland and, and Alex Winter and all of those guys. And then you have Jason, uh, uh, Patrick, just all of those guys just, and then of course you have the Corys who were like the good guys and, and Sean Ash, right? No, uh, yeah, Corys and I forget who the other frog brother was, but it was just like, it was like, Again, I'm going to go back to another example like Goonies, but with like way darker and scarier. And -hmm. I just thought it was cool. And then it was like vampires were sexy. And it was just like, ah, some (laughs) reason it became like, it's still one of my all time favorites. And then another one, which is kind of in the same vein, but completely different, uh, Monster Squad. Again, Goonies, but with monsters. And it had like, kind of like the classic monsters. And it was really, really cool. I just, it was just a fun, like, friend movie again goonies is one of my all-time favorite movies or anything that was kind of like that group of friends always kind of going together and doing things together that's just for some reason was my was what i loved as a child that was just mm-hmm. my genre of like oh friends getting together doing things together and maybe it's just because i had no like my i have a sister but she was way older than me you know so it was just mm-hmm. i don't know it's so it was so uh, but yeah, those are the things that, that kind of definitely shaped me in the directions that I like. So again, I didn't get into slasher films till way, way later uh, in life because I definitely wasn't allowed to see those and I was actually kind of scared of them until way later. What? I feel like I feel like it was Lost Boys that made me a little bit comfortable with monsters. You know what I mean? That and yeah. Monster Squad. I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. monsters are kind of cool. They're, they're cool I'm not, they're not as scary they can't harm me except for man freddy krueger as a child and still today is probably the one that scares me the most because mm. i i'm such a dreamer when i sleep like every time i close my eyes and sleep i'm dreaming and it's always crazy vivid outlandish dreams i don't know what it is but like every time i wake up i tell someone in my dream and they're like oh my god you have like the craziest dreams and so that's been since i was a child so that I've always been terrified of Freddy, even still a little bit today. I'm just like, mm-hmm. I feel like if anyone's going to kill me, it's going to be him. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> so here, here's kind of my last question for the evening. What, what do you guys think it is about the horror genre uh, that makes it so long lasting and, you know, the fan base so hardcore? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think... Well, I, I think the horror genre is also the, is the most adaptable adaptable genre. There are so many subgenres within the horror genre, right. so it, there's there's a lot of variety there for 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 a hardcore fan or anyone that's trying to like just kind of dip their feet in a bit. Um, I think why people are drawn to horror movies and horror events and and just horror in general is it um, it is it allows us in a safe space to to touch that emotion. Um, that is the same emotion that is like riding a roller coaster or again, that, that sense of danger, yeah. that, that sense of thrill, but, but you know, you're in a safe environment and you can expose yourself to that, that sort of idea. Um, it's also, I think, um, uh, there's also certain reflections as well that we kind of see in horror. There's all these, these sides that, that are, are within us that we, we should never, never go into, or I don't have access to. And, and these, these movies uh, kind of shine a light on, on certain psyches and things that exist within all of us, um, but, but then are able to show them in a way that, that's entertaining. And again, it, it, there's a safe space there um, that I think people are drawn to. And then uh, there's also the, the immediacy of um, sitting around with a bunch of your friends in a darkened theater or in your darkened living room and, and getting the daylight scared out of you by, by something you saw on a flat screen. And then um, the emotions that happen after that, whether it was you're, you're laughing or you're, you're embarrassed that you got scared <laughs> or you're laughing at someone next to you who got scared. There's this awesome communal energy that a horror, 
anything that's related in the horror genre ends up having. Um, but I think mostly it is the fact that we're able to kind of touch on these emotions and these, these things that aren't our day to day, you know, and, 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 and this genre is able to kind of bring those things to the surface again in a very safe and, and entertaining way. That's, I mean, that's a great answer. That's that was literally exactly what I was going to say about like, can't put it any exploring better than the darkness within yourself. But mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, some people have, but you, you shouldn't, there's things you can't do and things you, you don't really want to do, but you're still intrigued by it. You know what I mean? So I feel sure. like for, for hum, humans, it's, we're always curious. And so I was like, oh, well, this is kind of dark. And then there's also a continuation of what you said with like the, the af- after emotions, like, well, same thing why people go through haunted houses. You go, you mm-hmm. get scared, you have that adrenaline rush and then you laugh, you know, or you, yeah. you you have some sort of crazy adrenaline rush going on and that's kind of like a natural high. Yeah, well, and, and the accomplishment as well. Mm-hmm. Facing yeah. the fear and then making it on the other side and go, having gone through it and, and done it and that accomplishment that you have, yeah. that, that, that's a that very makes a lot real... of sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of I, Like I said, I have like doll fear and puppet fear and I did that as a child. I was, I was completely terrified of Chucky and so I faced it. I would force myself to watch his movies. I would force myself to watch Puppet Master. And I finally got to the point where now it's almost like something I kind of like care for because I was so t- legitimately terrified of them. Now I care for it. Same yeah. thing, like Billy the Puppet from Saw just scared me. Like as an adult or a teenager and adult, like I was legitimately terrified of that. And like I would work at a comic book store and anytime we would get like, saw merchandise so it like set him up next to me to freak me out and it's finally in order to face my fear i cosplayed as him and once oh, i cosplayed nice. as him I, I i entered the ring on the tricycle with the mask and came out and did my entrance around the ring with like the tricycle and did the creepy boop, you know yeah. and after that now i i adore it i don't know how that was able for me to conquer that fear of him, but it really was. And now I have all sorts of like Billy the Puppet merchandise and it's like, I'm good now. So I, maybe yeah. that is a kind of a conquering your own fear type of thing. That, that's Absolutely. Uh, that's it. That's all the time we have you guys. Mike, well, thanks so, so much, much for fun. being here. Uh, if, if our soap says want to find you online, uh, where can they find you? Oh, uh, uh, you can, I'm on Twitter, Michael underscore Aiello. And, uh, and then I also have a podcast called We're Grounded with Austin and Mike. Uh, and you can find that on Twitter. Uh, we, the letter R, Grounded Pod is our monthly podcast with my buddy Austin Romero, a.k.a. Mike Rome. Sweet. Sweet. Leva, where can they find you? What do you got coming up? Wrestling Leva uh, on everything. As always, it's Wrestling Leva on Twitter, Wrestling Leva on Instagram, Wrestling Leva on Twitch. I'm back to stream uh, Ghost Among Us. A ghost among us. <laughs> oh, you're combining way too many games there. And now I'm about to do Ghost of Tsushima. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, if y'all missed it, we did a all AEW uh, Among Us earlier this afternoon. Uh, I've been busy today, guys. Uh, <laughs> now I'm about to do Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, you can find me at M Lee Ponton on Twitter, and you can catch me gaming here uh, on Twitch uh, every Tuesday and Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can also follow at the Geek Soapbox on Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget, you can always email us your comments, opinions, questions, and show ideas to the email address, thegeeksoapbox at gmail.com. As always, the audio version of this show will be available Tuesday on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. And hey... If you're already listening to us as a podcast but want to get a chance to see our geeky faces recording it live, you can always catch us doing that every Sunday night here on Twitch at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, twitch.tv slash thegeeksoapbox. And I got one more fun announcement. As an added bonus for our TGS Twitch subscribers, Leva and I recorded a watch-along audio commentary for Halloween 3 that you can sync up the next time you decide to watch this seasonal film. I'll be sending that out uh, around the 24th of October, so you still have time to lock in that Twitch subscription to get your fun bonus material. That's it. Six That's days gonna of do Halloween. it. That's going to do it for us tonight. Once again, big thanks to Mike Aiello for being here. Hopefully we'll get to have you, you on again in the future, man. Uh, Anytime. Leva, Anytime, gang. Yeah, Leva, always a pleasure. Next week's topic... 
TBD. So uh, be sure to follow the socials for more info or just tune in and see what we're up to that night. Thanks for watching, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Soapbox is a TGS Entertainment production produced and directed by Michael Lee Ponton with associate producer Leva Bates. Theme music by Alex Barrett and additional musical cues provided by Adhesive Wombat.